how are you solving problems together? Do you ignore them? A lot of agents do. (laughs) A lot of the issues that agents contend with is because they're afraid of conflict. They don't want to address the issue. And so they pretend it isn't there. And then it just grows and becomes worse. So how willing are you as a leader? How willing is your team to admit hey, there's an issue here, let's talk about it in a healthy and productive way and find a solution and move on and celebrate how well we kicked that problems behind. And so I think those are big pieces to it, yes. So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our business, grow our leadership and develop our teams in a way that allows us to get our products and services out of the world yet still remain profitable? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner, and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Hey, before we get into today's episode, did you know that Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, providing monthly accounting, CFO services, and tax preparation? Check them out at club.capital. On today's episode of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast, we have Wendy Smith and Krista Hawkins from Future Legacy Partners. I first heard of Future Legacy Partners about a year and a half ago from a friend of mine, Wesley. And at the time, we had just got things going with Club Capital and we're just about to launch the podcast. And so I was going back over some notes and started to reach out to them. And I thought, wow, this would be an incredible guest to have on the podcast. If you own a business you have undoubtedly heard people talk about culture and how important it is. But sometimes it feels like culture is this thing that you just can't even, it's so abstract and it's hard to kind of get your hands around. Well, this is the podcast for you. We talk about culture. We talk about true training and development. We talk about the importance of community, especially coming off of the COVID-19 pandemic. We talk about really pouring into your people and why that's so important. We talk about developing yourself as a leader. This podcast is, you know, look, I say it a lot, but this podcast can really change the future direction of your agency. No pun intended with future legacy. They just have years of experience, have helped coach thousands, thousands of agency owners and agency team members. How often are you going to be able to come across people that literally have done this their entire life, pouring into and know your business so well? This podcast, we could have gone on for probably three or four hours. I just really enjoyed getting to know both of them at a deeper level and their heart and their passion for helping you to grow your business and make an impact on your team, on your community, and ultimately your family. Without further ado, let's get into it. Wouldn't it be a great start to 2021 by having more leads in your book of business? Well, that's where our partners at Direct Clicks Inc. come in. Their team's dialed-in approach to running Google ads and online SEO campaigns maximize the quality and the volume of your leads whether that's for inbound phone calls or even exclusive leads through your website. Direct Clicks Inc. works only with PNC insurance agency owners, so they have thousands of hours creating, A-B split testing, and improving online campaigns specifically for insurance. They also understand why each and every marketing dollar matters in providing true results, low paper clicks, transparency, and attention to detail all of which is discussed in depth during your monthly review calls. Reach out to the DirectClicks team at DirectClicksInc.com. 
directclicksinc.com. That's directclicksinc.com and find out how they can make a difference in your approach to generating new business. Kristen, Wendy, welcome to the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. So we always love to start out with just background and origin story. I always find it fascinating how people got to where they are today, kind of where they started from. And so, Krista, why don't you start and just give a little bit of your background and how you got to where you are today? All right. So my short story, I was a collegiate athlete, married a collegiate athlete, and went into graduate school to study counseling psychology. And I wanted to save the world was a therapist and my husband worked for State Farm Insurance and we moved to Nashville area. And as I was looking for a job, once we moved, he said, why don't you work for an insurance company? Why don't you work for State Farm? And I said, no way. I am making a difference in this world. I'm going to continue on this path. And six months later, I was working for State Farm and loved every minute of it. Worked there for 22 years and primarily in agency training and development. So really working with agents and team members at State Farm. And so it was there as I was coaching thousands and thousands of agents and team members in a development program where I met Wendy and we were able to start coaching together and working on um, project work together. And we really developed a friendship and a trust with one another. And when we both decided to join hands and I say had our thumb on Louise moment and started our own company, we knew that we wanted to do this together. So that's kind of how I came into this process with Wendy. All right, Wendy, what about you? My background's a little bit different. For those that know me, they know that my story is a little bit more challenged. So I was born to very young parents and my mom and dad were both chemically dependent. So they both suffered from addiction. And my mom gave me up when I was five and went to live with my dad. And so growing up in that environment, I grew up in a wonderful place, but I grew up in a very challenging home. And so from a very young age, somehow I knew that I was going to do whatever it took to break the chains and get out of that situation. And so I worked very hard. I went to college at Birmingham Southern, loved it, but I didn't have the traditional track. I worked full-time at Compass Bank and part-time at JCPenney. So I worked 60 hours a week and went to college and worked my way through. But it was a great thing because by the time I graduated college, I was fully vested in my 401k. (laughs) And so I worked in the investments world. So I held a ton of licenses. I had my life and health, my series six, 63, seven, 24, and 53 licenses. So I was a double principal. And I had the good fortune of working with some amazing people who mentored me and worked with, at the time, he was the number three guy in the company, ended up becoming the top producer in the company. And he was just phenomenal. And I was working with him and State Farm came along and recruited me away. That's when the curtains had dropped between insurance and financial services and State Farm had moved into that arena. And so in Huntsville, I worked just up the road from where your office is, Bradley, and it was an agency field office at the time and spent the next six years leading a team of financial services trainers across the Southeast out of Atlanta. And we did all of the financial services training for the agents, team members across four states in the Southeast. And it was when I was doing that work that I was able to go through a development program and fell in love with it. 
a year later decided to take the plunge and step out of leadership and become a full-time coach. So I spent the next 12 years traveling the country 25 weeks a year, as Krista did, and we coached agents and team members all across the country. We kid each other and say that we've literally coached thousands of you. We've coached thousands of agency owners and their employees all across the country. So a lot of fun, loved it, loved Krista. And I always said I was going to do that as long as I possibly could. And then when I couldn't, I'd find another way to do it. And so that's what Krista and I are doing. And we both had a passion for getting off the road. I set a goal that I wanted to open my own company by the time my oldest child was 13 because I just wanted to be home at night with my children during their teen years. And we accomplished that goal, Chris and I did. So really amazing. It's been a lot of fun since we started Future Legacy. That's so great. This is why I asked that question about background and origin story, because all of our backgrounds, if you're listening to this podcast, where you are today is shaped so much through the positive and the negative experiences that you had in your life. Krista, you talked about being an athlete. I know that I was a collegiate athlete myself, that that has got to have had a big impact and it comes out in your coaching and development of teams and agents. And obviously, Wendy, your challenging experiences at a very young age, there's no question that you've used that as fuel and development to be able to pour into others. And probably I'm assuming having empathy and compassion for people that you've come across with in your coaching time, both with Future Legacy and previously to be able to make an impact on people. And so can you just speak to that a little bit about how just your past experience has been translated into how you have shaped your curriculum, your frameworks, your thought processes with what you guys do today with uh, Future Legacy? Yes, I can address that just from my perspective. It's very beneficial. I think There's so many people out there who are living through or have lived through challenges, and we're all walking miracles when it comes down to it. And so with me, I know sharing my story, one, it's part of my testimony. Two, it illustrates that it's possible with the help of others and with the right tools to overcome just about any challenge. And so when I've been teaching and coaching leaders or their employees, there's been so many times, Chris and I were talking about this the other day, there have been so many times when someone we've been coaching has poured their hearts out to us and shared their struggle. Because when we were coaching all those years, we didn't just fly in for a one-day workshop and it's a one and done. We walk alongside them for six months of their life when they are open and engaged in growing as a human and overcoming challenges. And because of that, we got to see and they felt comfortable sharing with us their joys and their fears and their challenges and their successes and what they're excited about and what they're trying to accomplish. And it's so great. But I can't tell you how many late night conversations we've had with folks or text messages and things and There's been really significant moments. I know Krista has had these moments where we've worked with people who work in dangerous relationships, toxic relationships, and helping them find their path out of those. Individuals who on paper and from the outside looked amazing. Chairman Circle, trophy winner type producers running their agencies, struggling so significantly internally. That's been really some of those key moments in my career where I'm so grateful that I shared my story because it gave them permission and the courage to share theirs and to open up to us so that we could help them find the right path and right resources for themselves. Krista, I don't know if you wanted to share on that too. 
Right on. Along those same lines, we believe in people. And I think just from an athletic background, you have to have such a strong belief in yourself. You have to have that tenacity. You get knocked down, you pick yourself back up. And we chose and we choose to really fall in love with the people that we coach. We believe in them. We cheer them on because we know their pain points. We all have pain points, but certainly our business owners, the agents and the team members, they've got those pain points and we know what they are because we've coached them for over two decades. And we have heard time and time again from leaders, they'd say, oh, I wish my team members would do X, Y, Z. And then we heard from coaching team members, they would say, oh, I just wish my leaders would do X, Y, Z. And so we had the beauty and the benefit of hearing both sides. Yet so often we couldn't call up the team members and say, hey, if you would just do X, Y, Z, your leader would really pour into you and be excited and push through and you can accomplish so much more as a team. You can overcome vice versa. We would love to call the leader and say, hey, this is what we're hearing from your team. If you would just do this, if you just invest in them in this way, they would run through that fiery brick wall for you. And so we were able to hear and we were able to see those things. But the other thing that we know firsthand, Wendy and I are both married to business owners, entrepreneurs, and we are business owners and entrepreneurs. And we understand firsthand the strain that can be placed on an entrepreneur in their families and their home life. We also understand because of what we've heard from team members and their backgrounds, the strains that are placed on their families as well. And so All of that, I think, helps us relate to people because they know that we are for them. And I think that more than anything in this world, people need somebody that's on their team, truly listening to them, empathizing with them, but also strategizing with them and giving them tools and resources to help them overcome, to help them bounce back. And I think that that's something that we do really well. So... You've coached for, I think you said 20 years or so, thousands of business owners, thousands of team members. One of the biggest questions I wanted to ask you is what has, and I ask this a lot to different people, I ask this to a guest the other day, is just what has changed and what has stayed the same? So I'm asking you to kind of reflect back and say, over the last 10 to 15 years or so, and then obviously a lot has changed maybe in the past 12 months because of when we're recording this because of COVID. And so we can maybe touch on that. But outside of COVID in in general, what has really changed in training and development of both agency owners and their teams? And then what has stayed the same during that period of time? Wendy, why don't you take this one first? Okay. So I was smiling as you asked the question, because in a lot of ways, there hasn't been a lot of change because the issues are still the same issues they've always been dealing with. And I'll address that in a moment. But I think what we're seeing is this beautiful shift in the availability of training and development to people. 
for so long, leaders, especially of small and medium-sized businesses, they're going in a million different directions. They're wearing all the hats, as I've heard you say yourself, Bradley. We know that. And so they don't have a board of directors to rely on. They don't have internal departments to lean on. And so they're running in all these different directions and they can't be the best at everything. And so you either have a leader who's really great at the craft, whatever service or product they're offering, or they're really good at managing a team, but you don't have a lot of both. And the thing that they really struggle with is really coaching and developing people. You guys are good at coaching a salesperson, but you're not great at coaching people. And that's a difference. And so what I love seeing happening out there in the environment is there's so many opportunities for development out there. There's so much that's accessible to us now. We don't have to fly across the country to go to a two-day workshop. We can access it on demand, in our homes, in the palm of our hand, which is really great. But I think the challenge with that is a lot of times that type of development is either pre-recorded, it's not interactive, it certainly doesn't provide community. And so we see that. Now, I'll go back to my earlier point. I think it's really, really interesting that when we look at why we developed the programs that we did and, and why we're a holistic company, actually companies for plural, but we believe in coaching and developing the person, the whole person. We want to coach and develop people as humans first, then as a professional, and then as a member of a professional team, especially a sales team, because it's so emotional. It's an emotional roller coaster in the sales environment. You can be on a high and you can be on a low. I've been there myself. And so many times I've been asked over the years because my background is financial services, I would have a leader call me up and say, hey, can you come teach a life insurance class? We're not selling enough life insurance. And of course I could do that. I would go out and do a life insurance class and at the end of the class, the audience, the learners, they could illustrate that they could go from the pivot to uncovering the need, overcoming objections, make the sale, ask for referrals, thank the customer and, and move on. And so if their life depended on it, they could sell life insurance. And the funny thing is, a few months later, the leader would call back and say, hey, we're still not selling life insurance. Can you come teach another class? <laughs> and the parts that haven't changed is that the reasons and the causes of why we aren't producing at our peak level, those things don't change. And it's so much more than product or sales knowledge. It could be culture. It could be processes in the office. It could be lack of communication. It could be fear. It could be internal struggle that a team member may be going through. And so when we designed our curriculum, we design it in a way to treat as many of those areas as we possibly can. Because once we help your team members understand who they are and who their teammates are, and we help them understand how they're interacting with one another and with their client and how they're talking to themselves, then we can talk to them about how they make themselves stronger, wiser, more resilient, and then how they work better as a team together. So those things haven't changed. I think the big change is accessibility and what's available out there. The challenge is it takes a lot of time and energy to go out and research them and find the right fit for you. Yeah, that's so true. And I just want to add in something there and then Krista give you an opportunity to kind of chime in here on that one if you would like. Distractions, the demands with our cell phones. I mean, there's just so many things. So that is obviously one challenge that's different today than it was maybe in the early 2000s 
specifically before the iPhone came out. I mean, let's be real, right? And then that has just continued to progress. And so I do agree with you, the accessibility. And that's also one of the challenges is to be able to keep people focused to capture and grab people's attention long enough. If we were doing this podcast and I was sitting here and you saw me leaning back messaging, it would be distracting, right? Not only disrespectful, but the reality is that that's what we're trying to do is respond to messages and text and Voxers and WhatsApps and all those kind of things while at the same time taking in content, it's very, very difficult to be able to do that. So I totally agree with you. And I'm actually going to ask some more questions in just a little bit about your holistic approach, because I kind of want to dig into that a little bit more. But Krista, any comments on what your feelings of what's changed and what stayed the same since you've started? I think I want to address the community aspect. And in some regards, it's the same that people need community, thrive on community, thrive on being with other people in order to grow and develop. And it's just simply when we're together and we're brainstorming something I say spurs on something that you might think about or say, and we can grow and develop even deeper because of that. In the offices today, specifically the ones that we are coaching, they're small businesses. And so they have anywhere from three to 15 employees. And so there's a need for community within that office. What we found, the leader often goes off for training or for development and the leader grows and the leader develops and they try to bring back what they've learned to the team. But at that point, it gets filtered through their own bias. It may get watered down and the team is only getting that version, but they don't get that full immersion and that full firsthand experience. And so what has changed, and I think with Wendy and I, what we're doing the leader and the team are experiencing the development together. So they hear the same message at the same time and they're able to work together and drill down on those important concepts and how they apply to their specific team or them individually. And so the problem is it's expensive to send team members out for training. It's expensive to attend development yourself. It's an investment for sure. But to send the entire team out together for the same development experience, that can be costly because you have people out of the office who's going to run the office at that time. And of course, you have the investment in the actual development programs. Well, what we have found that has changed is our ability to use technology so that the team can attend the development training together and it's in a virtual way. So they can be immersed and they can get quality coaching and development, but they don't ever have to leave, actually physically leave their office. And On the second part with community, I think people thrive on those relationships outside of their office. Oftentimes, it's nine to five. We're seeing the same people day in and day out, and we don't get that exposure to people outside of our offices. And we've heard time and time again from leaders and from team members that they feel like they're on an island. 
they feel like they're alone. And being able to attend development in part of a community just helps you see, I'm not out here alone. You know, I'm not the only one that's experiencing these thoughts or these situations or these issues. And I can immerse myself with other people so that I can grow and I can think and I can develop in that way. So I think that's a cornerstone of development is the community aspect. So I really want to speak on one thing, too, that you mentioned, I think is important because I can definitely look back on my career and speak exactly to this is that I would go off to a meeting, whether it was an insurance industry specific meeting or a meeting that was outside for small business owners, entrepreneurs, come back fired up. I mean, ready to go. We're about to take over the world. This is like Elon Musk, Marcus Lemonis level development I'm about to bring down, right? And it fell flat because it was either going through my bias or it's like trying to tell somebody about a rock concert that you go to. Like, I love Dave Matthews. Okay. So you go to a Dave concert and then you try to explain that experience to somebody. It's not the same. It's just not the same. They're not going to be able to immerse. Even if you watch like a concert on TV, it's not the same. It's not the same as being there. It's not the same watching an Auburn football game on the TV, as opposed to being in the arena, so to speak. That's my favorite quote, by the way. But here, I want to contrast that to the fact that sometimes, and there's some incredible development out there for team members, and the agent will say, you know what? I'm going to invest this money. I want you guys to go experience this training. Maybe it's on demand. And then you guys report back to me. So then basically just the agency owner throws their team at it and says, I don't want to deal with it. Good luck. And then hope they come back and sell a bunch of stuff. Kind of, Wendy, what you were saying earlier, right? And then if they don't, they don't develop, then they say, I just didn't work for me. That didn't fit our culture. And so guess what they end up doing again? They go to something else and then they go to something else and they go to something else. The reality is, is all of this training and development works if you actually implement it and do. Absolutely, it does. And the really cool thing that we've experienced in Future Legacy since we kicked off is This community that we've developed for them, not only are they receiving community every two weeks, it's consistent over nine months of the year, which is beautiful, but they're getting exposed to agencies all across the country. So literally from San Francisco to New York, to Michigan, to California, to Florida, everywhere. And these are agency teams that would never have met one another otherwise, most likely. And they're getting to come together every two weeks through the Future Legacy Team Series and experience that and grow together with their leader in the room at the table with them. It's really incredible to watch the transformations that some of these teams go through as a result of it. It's really, really cool. Are you an agency owner looking to grow your revenue and increase your bottom line? Club Capital is here to help. Built for agents by agents. So we know your struggles. With accounting, payroll, and HR solutions, tax services, analytics, and more, let's get you on the path to serious success. Using data-driven insights, you'll grow your business based on revenue and expense comparisons alongside your top-performing peers. With over $100 million in tracked annual revenue and $70 million in tracked annual expenses, we have the data to help you make better informed decisions for your agency. Let's make your back office less of a hassle and more of the strategic generator that powers the growth to take your agency and your leadership to the next level. Visit club.capital today to book your complimentary, no obligation demo. Club Capital, way more than a CPA firm. 
So I really want to ask about training and development. So the feedback, the most important asset that you have in your business is your team. The salaries and wages that you pay to your team is the most important asset in any business, not just in an insurance agency, but in any business. The question is, is how are you going to utilize that asset? Are you going to get a positive return? Are you going to get a negative return? Are you going to actually work for the training and development? For somebody that's listening to this, whether they are at the high level of winning all the awards for their particular company that they represent, or they're saying, hey, I just want to do more. Quite frankly, if you're listening to the podcast, you're listening to it because you want to develop and you want to grow and you want to get better. You want to get better personally. You want to get better professionally. And so we all know intuitively that we've got to be able to train and develop our teams. What is your biggest piece of advice, Krista? Why don't you take this one first for somebody that says, okay, look, I want to get better at training and developing my team, but nobody has ever taught me how to do that. A lot of agency owners are incredible salespeople and saleswomen. They're incredible. They can sell anything. They can literally sell ice to an Eskimo, but that doesn't mean that they're actually really great at developing people. So I'd love for you to speak to that, Krista. Well, one, I would tell them to call us and let us help you. I think outsourcing and using your resources is extremely smart and helpful. You've got to figure out what am I good at? And if I'm good at running my business and selling and working with those clients and customers, and I want to develop my team, I'm just not that good at it, or I'm good at it, but I don't want to spend my time there because I'd rather be spending my time doing the things that earn the income in, then I would outsource it. I would look for strong resources in that area. And then I would say, be purposeful about your development plan. What we see, and this does not cost a lot of money, but it does take time. And it's a matter of taking that thinking time, sitting back and saying, okay, let me look at the calendar year. Let me look at each quarter. Let me look at each month and let me look at each week. And let me be purposeful about the development and the training that I want to plan out for my team. I think there's a lot of benefit in asking the team what they need, what they like, and what they want. So you're taking in all of that. Then you're looking at too, what do I think my team needs? What do I think my team wants? And so there's a lot of time there, thinking time, gathering resources to put down a specific plan. I think what we see most often is, I know I need to develop my team. I have a meeting coming up on Monday morning. Let me look at my bookshelf. Okay, let me pull out. Okay, I'm going to pull out the book Soup by John Gordon. I'm going to turn to this chapter. We're going to discuss it. And boom, that was a win. And then all of a sudden it's a week later and I'm like, okay, I've got a meeting. What am I going to talk to them about? Let me quick pull up a quote on the internet and we'll discuss it. And I think that's what we see most often versus being very strategic about that path. But I'll go back to my first point. If you're not comfortable or confident, there are plenty of people that are gifted in this area. Reach out to them and utilize them as a resource. Yeah. And Wendy, I'll let you chime in on this too, but I just want to say something as well to what I hear you're saying, Krista, is you have to have a self-awareness and a reflection on yourself to be willing to accept and to say, these are the areas I really feel like that I'm very strong in and a humility 
to be willing to say, this is not my strong suit. So therefore, let me go try to find who is going to be the best people, future legacy partners to be able to help develop me, develop my team. Would you agree? I agree 100%. Yeah. Wendy, you want to chime in here on this one? I do, because I think when you look at this from a leader standpoint, you need to look at it as you need to be a student of your team members. You need to study them in order to help them grow. So often I've had leaders come to me and say, gosh, I think I'm going to have to let so-and-so go. They just aren't working out. And I will push back on that leader and I'll ask questions. Have you provided this? Have you provided that? Until you've provided all these pieces, you aren't justified in firing that team member. You're the leader and you're the coach. You should provide them these certain things. And if you haven't done that, you're not justified in firing them yet because you haven't done your job for them to be able to do their job. And so when we think about this, I want to talk about consistency and continuity. And if anybody has been in my class before, they know this is a favorite illustration of mine. So you've got listeners out there that are familiar with Krista and myself. They've heard this before. But let's assume that you've got two identical customers. Let's say they're Hope and Grace. Hope and Grace are identical. They have the same background. They went to school together. They roomed together at college. They're both school teachers. They're both married with two kids. They live in the same neighborhood. Their risk tolerance is the same. Their budget's the same. Everything is the same, Bradley. Okay. Let's say that Hope comes into your office this morning and she meets with a team member on the left-hand side of your office. An hour later, she walks out with a million-dollar life insurance policy. Beautiful. That's a great appointment, right? We got Hope covered with a million dollars. Let's say this afternoon, Grace comes in and she meets with a team member on the right-hand side of your office. An hour later, Grace leaves with $200,000 in life insurance coverage. Now, I'm glad that Grace got $200,000 in life insurance, but why do we have an $800,000 difference in the face value for two customers that are identical? What could be causing that discrepancy? What could we say that Hope believes about insurance? She wrote a million-dollar policy. What does this team member believe about life insurance? What has she been taught by her leader? What has she done to overcome her internal fears of talking to customers and writing big policies? What are all those pieces that feed into her? Did she get a good night's sleep the night before? She's in a great mood. What is it? And then Grace, who met with the other team member, I got $200,000. What was that team member struggling with? Have they not been taking care of their nutrition? Have they not learned the right way to meet the needs and cover the gaps the customer might have? Have they not overcome their fear of talking to the customer? Are they selling out of their own pocket? And here's the troubling thing is this exact scenario is happening in insurance and financial services agencies right now today all over the country. You have different team members selling at different levels because of all these underlying reasons and undercurrents. And so as a leader, I need to be a student of each one of my team members to understand where does this team member excel in this product line? Where does this team member struggle? We've got tools to help. We've got 50 questions a leader can ask in developing a salesperson. We have other tools that we take them through. The team series is one of them. Performance planning is one of them. To help a leader generate consistency and continuity in the resources and training they've provided their team members so we don't have this discrepancy. Because here's where the rub really comes, Bradley. Let's say that these two customers that are identical, Hope and Grace, 
if they're both killed in a car wreck coming back from a girl's weekend, I don't want to have the conversation with their husbands on why one family is getting million dollars and the other family is only getting 200000 That's going to be a very difficult conversation for that leader to have. And so you need to be a student of your employees, of your team members, to make sure they have all they need to sell at the level that is consistent with your expectations and your goals. I love that. I think it's a great illustration about training and development and being a student. I love that being a student of your team and just being intentional with the team's development and training. And I love, Crystal, what you mentioned earlier about being strategic and purposeful for developing, putting together a development plan. I love putting together business plans. Okay. I love putting together business plans, but it's maybe more important to actually get execution on that through the development and strategy of putting together a development plan for your team members to actually execute on whatever that business plan is that you're trying to accomplish. And then Wendy, what I heard you saying, it was just pictured in my mind. I'm sure somebody listening to this had to have the same kind of mental image is an iceberg, right? It's like, we're talking about all this stuff up here, but the real issues all lie below the line, below the surface of the water. So that's what I was thinking about as you were talking. All right. So there's a great book by Ben Hardy. We talk about books a lot. Obviously, you guys can see how many books I have behind me. Basically, whenever he talks about, oh, what's the name of that book? I can't recall what the name of the book. It hit me in just a second. But he talks about environment. And really what I want to kind of transition to talking about is culture. And culture is sometimes a hard thing to get your hands around. I mean, let's be real. There's always a culture. There's not an absence of a culture. It's just what the culture is. I think we can all agree with that. Either it's a toxic culture. It's an incredible culture. The Navy SEALs have a culture. Alabama football, as much as I hate to say it, they have a culture. Willpower doesn't work is the name of that book. Willpower doesn't work. I know somebody was probably thinking that. Willpower doesn't work. And so he talks about environmental design, and it makes me think about culture. So we can be training and developing our team members. We can be checking all the boxes, but if we're not intentional with developing their culture. So can you just talk about the elements, Wendy, of a great culture? And then Krista, you can chime in there and how we can go about intentionally developing the culture in our business. Yes. So, so much of what we do is meant to help teams further establish their culture. In some cases, heal the culture, but in other ways, just expand upon the great culture they've already established for themselves. We've had the great privilege of coaching so many amazing, amazing agents and leaders and their teams that just do tremendous work. But I think it comes down to when you're talking about culture, you really have to take a step back and look at as a team of individual human beings, how well do we trust one another? How well do we share in a transparent way? And I'm speaking from the leader to the team members as well as amongst one another. So many times leaders feel like they have to be guarded. And I think that you can actually gain so much more when you're willing to show your own vulnerability and be transparent with your team. I think that goes a long, long way. But I think also just how willing are you all as a team to celebrate every single victory, the small ones and the big ones? So many times we write it off as, oh, well, that's just my job. I just did what was expected. And we don't take time to really celebrate the small and the big wins. So that's huge. But then also, how are you solving problems together? Do you ignore them? A lot of agents do. (laughs) A lot of the issues that agents contend with is because they're afraid of conflict. 
they don't want to address the issue. And so they pretend it isn't there. And then it just grows and becomes worse. So how willing are you as a leader? How willing is your team to admit, hey, there's an issue here. Let's talk about it in a healthy and productive way and find a solution and move on and celebrate how well we kicked that problems behind. So I think those are big pieces to it. Yes. I do have one specific question about this, okay? Because I want to ask you one thing about what you said, and Krista, then I'll let you chime in. All right. So an agent's listening to this and they're like, okay, yeah, 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 I get it. She's right. She's right. But the reality is the production in my doggone office right now is horrible. And to go in there and to celebrate, because we want to be high performance, so to celebrate this little tiny win seems weird to me. We're sucking. The office is terrible right now. So you want me to go in there and pat them on the back, tell them that they're doing a good job when the board tells us we're not. Our production tracker from our corporate employees says it's not. So I feel stupid to go in there and say, you guys are doing great. That was an awesome win. So can you just talk about that specifically? Because I know somebody listening to this podcast is like, yeah, 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 for sure. I've had that before. Absolutely. But here's the thing, and Krista could probably to this better than I can because of her background in counseling. We really spend time in our organization talking with leaders and team members about mindset and rewiring our brain. And so our brain looks for proof. And so anytime we can tell our brains, we are growing, we are getting better day by day, we are succeeding, our brain will look for more proof of that. It's the same reason why you never see your car on the road until you buy it. Once you buy your car, you see that car all the time. And you're grinning at me, Bradley, I can see you because you know it's true. And here's the reason why, because when we think something, what we have done is we basically turned on our brain's radar to look for that data point. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so if all a team is hearing is we suck, our numbers are down, our numbers are down, then we're going to believe that. And our brain's going to look for more proof that says that's true. And so what we need to do is we need to celebrate small wins. People need that. Life is hard, especially right now with the pandemic and everything that's going on. There's so many pressures, especially on parents, working parents. And so we need encouragement. And so that's the reason, like celebrate those small wins. I don't care how small it is. If someone just overcame an objection, celebrate that. So they'll do it again. Krista, I'm going to let you share on that too, because I think this is really where you excel. I get fired up with this. Well, one thing I want to say was celebrating the small wins. And it's something that we talk about a lot and that's building momentum. When you start celebrating those small wins and I'm believing in you and I'm building you up and I'm putting those positive messages into your brain because what you feed your brain, your brain believes. I mean, there's a great book by Dana Wilde, Train the Brain, and I recommend that. She's got an exercise in one of the first chapters on how powerful your thoughts really are. So I recommend everyone check that out. So as I'm pouring into you and I'm building you up, I'm building that momentum. And so now I'm encouraging you and you win again. And maybe that win is a little bit bigger. And so I build more momentum and then there's growth. But what we know too, in this culture, it's contagious, right? So if I'm winning and I'm being fed something positive, those around me are getting more excited and they're getting more energy. And when I have more energy and more positivity, I want to do well and I want to be there and I want to be at work. I will say too, I think what's really important in this discussion is the consistency too of one-on-one meetings with team members and team meetings. 
you're building your culture. If you really want a strong culture, like Wendy alluded to this earlier, you have to study your team members. You have to study your team. You have to pour into that team. And that's too about finding out what their core values and their philosophies are. Your philosophy is that belief system, that thing that's in you. And we are big believers in the belief system and the why behind what you're doing. I would venture to say, if I'm not doing something or if there's something wrong with the culture, there's something not right with that belief system my driving force, you know, the underlying current there. And I think a lot of people, what we've seen, haven't taken time to reflect and figure out what are my core values? What do I really believe in? And certainly if they know they're not sitting down at the table with their team to say, these are my core values. This is why I believe the way that I believe. And having discussion around that. Now we grow together and I believe and I honor my teammates and I build them up and we see each other's differences as strengths to help our teams grow. And so I think that's a really important piece about culture. And there's a great book. It's by John Gordon and it's called Soup. And it's an easy read and it's all about building that culture. So that's one that I would recommend that's a great book review that a team could do and really discuss in order to create that culture that they want. I would add this too, if we have time, that we have so many illustrations and specific examples of leaders and teams we've worked with. And when you get into that valley that you talked about, we're not producing, our numbers stink, whatever. We've seen so many agency owners really tear themselves down they get yeah. so down on themselves. For sure. And I have personally witnessed Krista, who I'm so blessed to have as my business partner. She's such an encourager of people. She will walk alongside these leaders and build them up and help them win these small victories and bigger victories. And I've literally watched her coach people from not qualifying for the company travel promotion or whatever to excelling at a huge level. And it was all internal. It was all things that the leader was struggling with. So that's really a beautiful thing. And it's why we do it. It's not just about underperformance. We have agency teams that we've coached that are tremendous. They're trophy winning every year. They're huge agencies. And we were able to go into one agency going into 2020 and did our performance planning workshop. And then they went through the team series with us in 2020. In a 36-year history of agency, they had their best production year ever in 2020 in the midst of COVID because the agent became a student of their team and really dove into that culture piece and their execution piece. And it was beautiful to watch them do that. What a great testimony to that. So there's a few things mentioned I want to just touch on as kind of a recap of what Krista was saying. Dan Sullivan has a quote with Strategic Coach. He says, the eyes only see and the ears only hear what it is the brain is looking for. And so if we're scanning for negative, we're going to find negative. If you're scanning for positives, you're scanning for wins and progress, you're going to find wins and progress, period. Momentum. I love that. I think it's so true, which means you either have momentum, kind of you have the wind at your back, or you feel like that sometimes the wind is against you and it's never in between. And so what outwardly a lot of times gets perceived as depression, anxiety, and in some cases it may be, but 
a lot of times it's lack of momentum or feeling momentum. So I can definitely feel that there's been times where production in a certain business is not where it needs to be. But boy, you feel the momentum at your back, right? You see, it's like, okay, it's not there, but we feel it. And then there's other times where production has been there, but you can really begin to feel like the momentum is shifting. It's why we feel in a athletic event, Krista, we feel you can sense the momentum is shifting in a game. And it is so hard to get that back sometimes, right? And then the last thing I want to say is whenever you're talking about, I think, Wendy, you mentioned this about the why. Yeah, your what, your what needs a why because it's going to be the thing that's going to be able to pull you through whenever you're having, uh, I think it's been called the messy middle, whenever things kind of get tough and you don't have that momentum. If you've connected to the why, it's going to be able to really pull you through. All right, so we're going to get to E9 rapid fire questions. Well, I can't believe we've already gone 50 minutes in this podcast. I mean, we could keep going for a long time. We got so many other questions, but real quick, I just want to ask this last question. So Krista, high performance planning, high performance planning. So a lot of times high performance gets thrown out there as kind of a catchy phrase, but how do you interpret high performance planning? And then Wendy, you can touch on that and then we'll get into our rapid fire questions. Okay. This sounds really simple and basic. I think it starts with sitting back and being strategic and having strong thinking time. If I'm going to look at performance planning, I have to look at what have I done? Why have I done it that way? How have people responded? How has my team responded? What were my results? What was my outcome? I need to look at that. I need to analyze that. And I need to look at goal setting. What do I want to achieve? And I would look at it as how much income do I want to bring in? Forget about the trips and the plaques and this and that and what other people are wanting to do or what other people are shooting on you that you should do. It's blocking that out. And what do I want? What do I want to bring home in terms of a dollar figure and looking at my business plan, my marketing structure? How do I accomplish that? Let me break it down. Let me map it out. Let me figure out what I need to do in this 12-month period. Break that down monthly. Break that down weekly. And then who needs to do what? Who needs to be responsible for what in order to make that happen? And so I think that is the key to success with performance planning. And the only thing I would add to that is the last part Krista said about who needs to do what. I think when we look at high performance planning, so many times agents hold on to way too much. The leader, owner, entrepreneur holds on to way too much and they need to understand to release, to let go, to outsource. Some of the best advice I ever got was from an executive and she shared with me, she said, Wendy, if you really want to be successful in your career and also in bringing up your children, you need to outsource everything that could possibly be outsourced. And she was so right. Now, she was right talking about a working female with a family, for sure. But it applies to every single entrepreneur, regardless, because you're struggling with so much, you can't hold on to all of it and truly reach high performance. You're going to have to let go of some things. And so Kristen, and I have done a pretty good job of helping people (laughs) to let go of a few things and to outsource when they need to. And you can outsource internally in your office or externally. 
There are people on your team who are amazing, who have great potential and deserve a chance. So give them that chance to really step up. And I would say this, get ahead of the eight ball. When you're thinking about your performance planning, don't just stop at the production numbers. Look at the whole aspect of your business. What impact do you want to have on your community? What kind of employer do you want to be in that area? What kind of culture do you want to create? And what do you want your team members saying about their work environment outside to others? Think about all those pieces, not just the production numbers. I hope somebody hears this. I hope somebody hears that and speaks that because what you were just saying is speaking directly to somebody. It's impossible to wear all the hats and be great at all of them. You don't have to be. It's one of the biggest challenges about insurance agency ownership, I believe. Some people are incredible executives, like CEOs of their business. Some of them are incredible COOs of their business. Some of them are incredible marketing minds, incredible salespeople, incredible HR people, incredible developers. I mean, there's so many things that are falling at your plate that stop trying to be great at all of them. It's one of the most humble things that you could do is to be able to say, you know what, this is what I need to do because this is what the business needs and this is what the team needs is for me to be able to accept that. And I think it was Alexis de Corbier who came with one of our early podcasts. She said, I really began to grow. The business began to grow when I stopped apologizing for the things I wasn't good at. And I think that that is so profound. All right. Well, we could talk for a long time. I can't believe we're going this far. So let's go into E9 rapid fire questions. You guys ready? I think so. <laughs> All right, here we go. Just because of the way it's on my Zoom here. So Krista, you answer first and then Wendy, you answer and then we'll go down through there so we can stay on target. Okay, here we go. Last book that you read. I am currently reading The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. My favorite book. My favorite book. Love that book. <laughs> That's where I got the thinking time. I was like, yes, that is so smart. So, okay, go ahead, Wendy. Okay, so I'm going really old school. I am currently reading that one as well, but I'll share that. I really share a lot of books with my children. And so I'm taking my children through Wayne Dyer's How to Be a No Limit Person right now. So, Krista, the book that you would recommend the most to agency leaders? I like Train Your Brain by Dana Wilde because I think it all starts there. I love Procrastinate on Purpose by Rory Baden. And I love John Gordon books, Super and Energy Best. So there, I gave you a few. <laughs> and for me, I would say The Four Disciplines of Execution and also one of my all-time favorites, The Greatest Salesman in the World by Ogmandino. Good books. Whenever we're able to get out and travel again, when there's no snow, no COVID, Krista, what's your favorite travel destination that you visited around the world? My favorite, we go to 30A and my toes will be in the sand in March there, but I love to go to Mexico. I love to travel. And in fact, we're supposed to go to Italy last March and that got canned with COVID-19. And so that is on the docket for June, but I don't know that that's going to happen this year either. Um, favorite place I've traveled. I was fortunate enough to take my children, just me and my kids, on a solo trip to Europe for a month before COVID hit. And that was just tremendous. So I would say the Loire Valley or the Highlands of Scotland and anywhere I can go with my children. They're just amazing travel partners. They're really, really cool. And I got that advice from an agent in Canada, Bradley. She shared me years ago. She said, you know what? 
take your kids on a solo trip without your spouse. And it was some of the greatest advice. And so since then, I've taken each of my children on solo trips, just me and them to different places. But a month in Europe with them was really tremendous. All right, Krista, your favorite tech tool or app that maybe most people have not heard of. I love Voxer. I've been using Voxer for 10 years with my other business, and it is an amazing app. I think it's becoming more well-known, but it's still surprising to me how many people don't know about Voxer. And for me, it's Otter. I love Otter. Yeah, both of them, both of them. Voxer has come up now four or five podcasts in a row. If you're listening to this and you're not using Voxer, you are missing out, okay? I wish I had like an affiliate link for Voxer because I send it to so many people. All right, Kristen, whenever you're able to get on a plane, you're not with your family, but you can sit next to anybody dead or alive on a 10 hour flight, who would it be? Okay, you know, I love health and wellness and nutrition. So it would be Dr. Andrew Weil. He's a pioneer in integrative medicine and he's all about that healing oriented approach. So it's mind and body and spirit and eating well for optimum health. So I would love 10 hours next to him on an airplane. Okay, so for me, I'm gonna sit in a cheap seat so I can sit in the middle because I would love to have Elon Musk on one side and Yuval Harari on the other. Yuval Harari wrote Sapiens and Homo Deus and just is a futurist thinker. So I would love to just really bend their ears on the future and AI and where they see the human race moving toward. I love and admire Elon Musk's tenacity and his dedication to his vision. I think it's incredible, but I really like the way that Yuval Harari speaks to where he sees us going as a society, as a global culture. So that would be really just amazing. A 10 hour flight wouldn't be long enough, honestly, with those two. All right, Krista, fill in the blank. 10 years ago, I had no idea this would be so hard. Letting go of children who are reaching adult age. I have a college freshman at the University of Alabama, so I'm a huge fan there now that I'm writing checks to the school. And I've got another daughter who will be there soon. We'll be starting those college visits next year. And I would have never dreamed just You never want to wish those years away. Everyone says they go by so quickly and they really do. It's hard as a mama's heart as those kids age and they leave the nest, which is what we prepare them to do and we want them to do, but your heart hurts a little bit too. I echo what Krista said, but I would say surprisingly enough, what I didn't know would be so difficult is enjoying social media. When you start a company like we have, and it's critical to the success of your business, but becomes a job then instead of it just being enjoyable. So finding that proper balance between keeping my personal world and my professional world separate when it comes to social media, I find challenging for myself. Krista is much better at it than I am, but it's difficult because I see it as one way and we have to utilize it in another way to grow our brand and grow our reach. And so I struggle with that balance. Well, I can totally relate to that. Yeah, we could have a conversation offline about that one. That is challenging for sure. All right. Obviously, most people answer family. So I always have to put this disclaimer out that you can't answer family. So when you're not working, not developing and pouring into others, okay, what is your favorite pastime or hobby? I love to have my accountability 
partners and we do a workout in the mornings, most mornings. And so because I do have a family and I have two businesses and life gets really busy, I really don't have a hobby in that way. But I would say definitely exercising with my buddies. I love that every morning. And for me, I love to read and learn. I'm a natural learner and I'm a creator. So I love to learn new things and then think about the possibilities and create things that can either help my children learn something, help me learn something, or that I can share with the world. And so that's really cool. I have to have that alone time so that I can absorb new information, new ideas, new thought processes. And then I have to have that alone time to really think about how does that apply to my world and those people in my world and how could I utilize and leverage that information. I really admire people who are willing to learn and apply what they learn. And Mm -hmm. so I try to emulate that myself. So I just love it. I love that too. Learn and do, not just learn. All right, Krista, so I curated this question just for the two of you. What is the legacy that you hope to leave behind? I think the biggest thing for me is love God, live your best life, and leave nothing on the table. For me, it goes back to the woman who raised me, and she always told me, leave people better than I find them. And so if I can just walk through the days of the life that I'm gifted with, leaving people better than I find them, then I did all right. It is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast after all. Krista, what is the best piece of leadership advice you've ever received? Two things, lead by example and stay sincerely curious. So I've already shared one of mine and that was outsource everything that could possibly be outsourced as a leader. The second actually comes from the woman who raised me and she told me when I was a teenager, Wendy, don't cop out to anger. It's the easiest emotion, but it's not the true emotion. And so it was such great advice because she told me, feel what you're feeling. If someone disappoints you, say you're disappointed. If you're heartbroken, say you're heartbroken, but don't just shift to anger because it's so easy and it makes us feel like we're still in power. True power is being vulnerable, being willing to say, I was hurt or disappointed. We see this pop up in our home life, but we also see this pop up in offices all of the time where we will shift to frustration or anger when really we were just disappointed or some other emotion was happening. So that was really great advice to me. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much both for being so willing to give and just giving of the influence that you've had on so many business owners throughout the country for so many years, thousands of team members. So thank you for the dent in the world that you've made and the impact that you've made. Somebody listening to this wants to be able to work with you. What's the best way for them to be able to get in touch with you? Go to our website, www.ourfuturelegacy.com. Ask for a discovery call. All of our information is right there. We are on Facebook as well and Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter, all the things. So definitely reach out to us because we would love to just have a conversation to see if we're the right fit for you. Awesome. It's been great. Thank you both so much. And I hope to be able to have you on again in the future. Great. Thanks, Bradley. It was fun. Thanks, Bradley. It's very fun. It went by very fast. It did. Wasn't that a great episode with Wendy and Krista? I mean, we could have gone so many different places. Culture has come up so many different times. Training and development. One really profound thing that popped up for me was having a purposeful developmental plan for your team. 
it's one thing to have a business plan. And I even did a podcast on developing a better business plan for the business, but then being purposeful, having a developmental plan written down for your team and your team members so that they can develop into better people. That was so profound to me. I love their holistic approach to developing the person as a whole, not just who they are whenever they're at work and in their professional career. And this includes you too, but just developing the whole person. And they even talked about understanding, recognizing it was kind of a comment about is this person's nutrition where it needs to be? And are they selling out of their own pocket? And just that analogy of the two different team members that are going to come out of a sale with two different outcomes. I thought that that was such a great analogy because we can actually relate to that. We also talked about the importance of celebrating small victories. And you heard when I asked in there about, well, is sometimes celebrating the small victories, not being aware and kind of letting somebody off the hook. And because, I mean, I felt that way in the past. I don't now, but I mean, I used to feel that way in the past of, well, they're not doing what they need to be doing. So I'm going to make sure I'm kind of grind them to death. And of course, that created a very toxic culture that just doesn't work. And you can really tell that they have a heart for people and their experience, years of experience, working with thousands of insurance agency owners and their teams. And of course, they help other businesses too. If you're really wanting to develop and learn, how can you create this idea, this culture of training and development and everyone getting better because you care so much about your teams? Reach out to them. Go to OurFutureLegacy.com. Wendy and Krista are phenomenal people. I am so blessed to be able to consider them in my network. And I think what they do is just absolutely fantastic. Krista, Wendy, I hope that we're able to have you on again in the future. Thank you so much for your time and all the things that you've done to impact so many lives for so long. You know, it's not just growing and developing our culture. We're wanting to grow our business by doing that as well. And so, you know, after you're working on the culture, you're probably also wanting to to get more leads. You're wanting to grow your business because you know that, hey, just sitting around waiting on the door to swing, uh, the email to ping or the phone to ring is just not a strategy for success to grow your business in 2021. How can you do that? Well, you may know that being present online is incredibly important to your business. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but maybe you not know exactly where to start. And you're really to kind of get off the mat and get into growing your business this year. One of the best places to start is go to directclicksinc.com. Reach out to our friends over there. I talk about them every episode, but only because strategically, they're great people and they're good at what they do. They're first-class people. The trust and transparency in marketing is something that sometimes can be very abstract and they are anything but that. They want you to be able to know exactly where your money is going, what the value you're getting from their investment with them or whether it's Google or whatever you're going to be doing, you can ask them, just have a free complimentary call, go to directclicksinc.com, reach out to them and they'll treat you like family. They really care about the relationships that they're building with each one of their clients. Their retention rate of clients is astronomical for the space that they're in. And it's only because they get results. They treat you like family with trust and transparency. And that's hard to find in the marketing space. So if you're interested in SEO work, pay-per-click ads, reach out to directclicksinc.com. Until next time, lead well.